lunch. Nom, 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 nom. Good morning, Sac City. Welcome in to another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. It is a beautiful October 20th morning here in the city. The city is getting just a bit chillier, though. I know, Aaron, you have some cold fronts going through Georgia. It is about 49 degrees here in uh, Connecticut right now. So um, the cold front. 49? Is it 49? What is it here, babe? What, what is it here? 47, she says. 47. Man, it was 30 degrees last night. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe That's this is a little good. too much for our viewers, but it was 30 degrees, and I love the cold weather. I slept bucket naked. Oh man! Oh my! Oh my! I've been, I've been having, dude. It's been so cold here. I've been having to sleep with clothes on. I normally don't. I normally am on that route, but I did not have. I have not because it has been so cold. And my wife normally takes the blankets, so your boy can't afford to uh, to sleep the way he normally sleeps. But uh, enough about our sleeping habits. Episode one hundred three is here. Week seven has arrived. We have Thursday night action tonight between the New Orleans Saints and the Arizona Cardinals. We've got four games that we're previewing. Bye weeks are in full effect in the NFL with, uh, let's see how many teams, one, two, three, four, te- four teams on bye this week. So less games to cover, but that means more in-depth analysis on your favorite teams. We're previewing the NFC home games today. Uh, that's the Cowboys, Lions, Packers, Commanders, Bucks, Panthers, and Chiefs, Niners. Aaron, let's just, let's not, let's not beat around the bush anymore. Let's get down to it. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. We are going to be rolling today. Morning headlines. It is time. Obviously, oh, well, that, it is time for morning headlines. And we're kicking things off with Panthers interim head coach, Steve Wilkes, announcing yesterday that PJ Walker will be the starting quarterback. Uh, for their game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. Uh, This is coming after news reported saying that uh, Sam Darnold was being taken off of IR. Uh, He will be probably the starter moving forward uh, once he is ready. Uh, But it's PJ Walker time in Carolina for another week. Uh, This was his his stats prior to last game. He wasn't a terrible quarterback. He was just a game manager. And then last week he was once again, really not much of a quarterback. He was more of a game manager. It's tough times in Carolina at the quarterback position, Aaron. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I don't know that this is breaking news to anybody, but it is a headline. Um, There was nobody else to start. (laughs) As you mentioned, Sam Darnold's just not ready yet and everybody else is dead. So uh, PJ Walker makes the most sense other than bringing in somebody else or a guy that's not familiar with the offense. He's been there for a long time. Um, he knows what's going on there and he gets another start. I don't think it has anything. I don't think it's any different than starting Baker Mayfield though. Game manager or not, um, PJ Walker can do what PJ Walker does. I thought last game they protected him too much. Um, I don't know if you were paying a, a close attention to that game, but I thought they didn't throw to push the ball down the field enough. Uh, it was a lot of check downs to Christian McCaffrey, a lot of handoffs, um, they didn't really a lot of bubble screens. They just didn't let let him do a lot. And I thought that was um, like, if you're going to let Baker do it and he's going to turn the football over, you might as well let PJ Walker get an opportunity to go in there and show what kind of skill set he has. So uh, I was disappointed in that. I think maybe they opened it up a little bit more this week, maybe because um, they have to in order if they want to win the game. So um, expect PJ Walker maybe to push the ball down the field some this week, hopefully. Um, if not, then they'll be looking at the same kind of game that they had last week, which wasn't much offensively. 
Yeah, that's what they're going to need to do uh, if they want to have any chance against the the Bucks this Sunday. Uh, whether they do that or not will remain to be seen, and we'll discuss more about that game uh, in just a few moments. In other news, the Denver Broncos head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, has come out and said that running back Melvin Gordon will start for the team uh, on Sunday. This is coming after a week where we just saw Melvin Gordon uh, only on 16% of the snaps uh, for the Broncos offense. And we were wondering, okay, is Melvin Gordon hurt? And then we were, uh, it, they would pan to the sidelines and show him. And we're like, what the hell is happening? Like what is happening with Melvin Gordon? 16% of the snaps on Sunday. He will be the starter uh, come their game th- this week. They have Latavius Murray. They have Mike Boone. What do you expect to see for the Broncos running game um, on Sunday? Well, I expect it to be a, a, a running back by committee. It's that's what it is. What what I don't get, and this is maybe you have some information on this. This is where I want you to shed some light. When Javante Williams was healthy, they were giving Melvin Gordon 12 carries a game, playing 40, 50% of the snaps. And then since he's been injured, he's only received about 20 to 30% of the snaps. I don't understand that. You were holding Javante Williams back because of Melvin Gordon, because you didn't trust him because maybe, or you wanted, you thought Melvin Gordon could bring something to the table. And then Javante gets hurt and you give Melvin the ball less. I, I don't get it. Um, if you don't trust Melvin Gordon, then don't, then don't play him. Like it, I feel like they just don't know what to do with him. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett never wanted him. I don't know. He came out and said, he's a great guy. He respects him, what he's done in this league and all this stuff. Um, uh, but yet you've given them less carries since your running back one went out. And all it does is make me furious inside that you were holding Javante Williams back now to give Melvin Gordon some opportunities when he didn't deserve those opportunities. Melvin Gordon is older. He's a running back that doesn't need 10 to 12 carries anymore. He is not that type of running back. He fumbles the football. He doesn't look to have the same explosiveness. I'm not saying he doesn't belong in the league. I'm saying that he is not to the level of what Javante Williams is. So if we were going to do it before, I don't see why we would do it now when he's fighting for competition with Mike Boone and Latavius Murray, who's I think a dinosaur as well. Uh, <laughs> there is no upside in that backfield. None. None of those guys have the upside to do anything. So it's going to be a running back by committee. Short yardage should be Latavius Murray. He's a big guy, fall forward. Passing down should be Mike Boone. He's going to go out and get the best passing opportunities. And Melvin Gordon should be the second down back. When it's second and six, put Melvin Gordon in the game. That's when he'll play. Yeah, I have no, you, you want me to shed some light on this? I, I can't, I can't shed some light. I don't, I, I questioned this earlier on in the season and I still question it now about Nathaniel Hackett's ability to coach uh, and run this team. And I know we saw, we, we even saw last year. It's not to say it's, I don't, I don't mean to put it all on Nathaniel Hackett because that would not be fair. Last season we saw it as well, where they split so much time between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Though my only thing that I could, consider and and play devil's advocate here for is the fact that that was last season that was not with Nathaniel Hackett where it was that 50 50 um split between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon sometimes 60 40 whatever you want to call it um and we didn't get to see a full season of what Nathaniel Hackett wanted to do with Javante Williams if I'm a a, at least a Javante Williams fantasy owner I could I'm thinking man, what could have been if this was the inevitable route Nathaniel Hackett wanted to take where he was going to try and we like let Melvin Gordon give him more time off and give him less snaps and eventually go with one running back. That's all I can think about here. But in this situation, I don't, I, I think it's an art of running back by committee. I'm not, I have Latavius Murray. I was one 
uh, in, in a few of my leagues. And I'm like, I don't, I don't like any of this. I don't like any well, of the. No, I mean, you're relying. It doesn't matter. Even honestly, even if Lata- Latavius Murray was the starter, you still need him to get in the end zone. You still need. Yeah. They're all touchdown dependent running backs because they don't have the explosiveness, and none of them really catch enough passes to make it worthwhile. So, yep. Touchdown dependent running backs, running back by committee. Um, we call that a red flag. Stay away. Yeah, bingo, bingo. Uh, I have one other headline here, uh, maybe a few. It depends on if I want to read them or not. Um, I did just see a report saying that Tua, this is this is maybe not be like a big time headline, but uh, Tua came out and said that he does not remember a single thing uh, from that play uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday Night Football. Uh, he lost consciousness after being hit and just, and that that's it. That's all he remembers. Uh, well, I from think that we play. know that. Yeah, that, that's why I was like, I don't even know if I should be reading this headline. And I didn't originally. Like... Yeah, he was done. Of course, he was he was unconscious. Uh, one other note, and this could be a headline. Quarterback Taylor Heineke for the Washington Commanders is feeling more confident in his play. And the uh, the commanders uh, agree. And, and Ron Rivera uh, does agree. He says to go to Lambeau last year was super neat to get the first start this year against Green Bay at home is going to be super cool. It Heineke's feeling good. Heineke's feeling good. Watch out for the commanders uh, on, on Sunday here. I, I, I shouldn't say watch out for the commanders. They're not going to be, uh, they're not going to be good. All right, let's say, save me, Aaron, save me. I'm going to throw, throw me the life best, throw me the buoy, help me out with this injury. Report. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what time it is. It's time to drop that injury report for week seven. Thursday night. That means we got football tonight. Football weekend coming up. Thursday and Friday is big time injury report days. Let's start in Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury talked about that Hollywood Brown injury. Uh, he's going to be out at least a month. Um, yeah, people were talking maybe out the regular season, but at least a month. Uh, perhaps it could be longer. You never know with those foot injuries. They can take a long time to heal. Um, so tough loss there. They were just getting DeAndre Hopkins back. You were hoping to see them both on the field together with explosiveness and you see how Hollywood Brown had played the first six weeks of the season. So Arizona will be up without him for a while. Dak Prescott medically cleared to play, um, sp- expected to throw 40 to 50 times at practice. Uh, he's playing, he's playing Dak's back. Dak, I think, I think there's going to be a little bit of a chip on the shoulder of Dak Prescott because of all the talk about the quarterback controversy. I know it doesn't really play into it. I don't think his bank account or his $40 million contract has him worrying in any way that he was going to lose his job. But I do think he plays with the level of uh, of competitiveness. Like people don't believe in me or they're already trying to replace me with like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to show them. And I like that mentality. So I think there could be something there for him. Um, Expect Dak Prescott to come out with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Chase Young visiting Dr. James Andrews on Sunday. Um, Tough, torn ACL last year, um, but they do expect Chase Young back at practice. They're going to see if he can be cleared. Uh, you never like the first year back, especially for like a defensive end, somebody that has to get off the edge quick um, on that ACL. Uh, he probably won't be very. Productive. Um, Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel said he was optimistic. Jalen Waddle will play on Sunday. He's battling a couple of injuries, growing in shoulder. So hopefully they can get him out there. They're going to need him. Pittsburgh coming off of that big win over Tampa. Uh, it's going to be a good Sunday night uh, matchup there. Rashad Bateman and DeAndre Swift 
came back to practice. We talked about Swift before. We expected him this to be the process. He should be ready to go on Sunday. And Bateman may be finally ready to get back on the field. Um, let's get into the Thursday night football injuries. We have inactives are Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas. We talked about that. Adam Troutman, Andres Pete, and Marshawn Lattimore. So the Saints are banged up big time. Um, I wanted to, I, I almost changed my pick yesterday. There's so many injuries on the Saints side, but I stuck with the Saints. I think they can pull it out. So um, we'll see what they can, they can do without those guys. And then our practice report, uh, full participants in practice. You had Amonra St. Brown, Pat Fryermuth, Dalton Schultz, Pickett, and Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor back is a big deal for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we talked about that before, I believe last week, Deion Jackson, his replacement, played pretty well in the past game, but he got injured himself. Uh, Kenny Pickett with the concussions participating as long as he clears concussion protocol. He should be good to go for Sunday night. A couple of tight ends there for the Steelers and the Cowboys and then Amon Ra um, with that ankle injury. He's been kind of limited over the past couple of weeks. The bye week gave him some rest. He practiced in full. Uh, some limited guys, Lamar Jackson, hip injury. Um, Andrew Thomas, Keenan Allen, Sammy Watkins was activated off the 21-day uh, or activated his window to return for Green Bay, uh, Jamar Chase with the hip injury, uh, big, I call him still Darius Leonard, the concussion and Jahan Dotson was limited uh, with that hamstring. Washington could really use him back uh, with another weapon on the field. So we'll see where they kind of stand. Keenan Allen hopefully can get back on the field. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah, I saw this meme on TikTok or this, I don't know, video on TikTok. It's like, Tua died on the field and is coming back before Keenan Allen. So I and Keenan Allen had a hamstring injury. So I, I don't know about that, but um, those soft tissue things are bad, man. And then um, the non-participants in practice, again, some concern. Aaron Rodgers obviously has some concern with that thumb. They said it affected him last game. Mark Andrews knee injury. I think he'll be fine. Josh Palmer uh, with the concussion. That was just a Monday Night Football game. That's going to be a quick turnaround for him. So I'm not sure he's going to be available this week. Um, Josh Reynolds with the knee injury, Darren Waller with that hamstring, J.K. Dobbins and Julio Jones. Julio Jones, guys, just we, we know what's happening there. Uh, he's old. Uh, get him a walker. J.K. Dobbins, though, um, I think that one was really interesting because he left the game and Kenyon Drake came in. They said his knee just tightened up on him, uh, but he's going to have it evaluated to see if there's anything going on there. They don't think it is. They think it just got a little stiff during the game and he just couldn't run. Remember, he's coming off major knee injury. Um, so they might want to give him a rest. Expect more carries for Kenyon Drake uh, this week. Um, hope they're going to hopefully get some reinforcements back soon with Gus Edwards, and then uh, you'll probably see a mixture of all three. So uh, get, uh, maybe some J.K. Dobbins limitations um, over the next couple of weeks. Fine job. Fine job, good sir. Lots of it. Like it's, we talked about at the beginning of the season, this stuff's just going to pile up eventually. Stuff is just going to pile up. There's going to be a lot of injuries to talk about. Uh, you kill it as always. Um, let me let me reward you. Let me reward you. Here. You're gonna give, me a, I'm, give me a fucking dog treat. I, I'm going to give you a cookie, and in the and, and and this cookie is in the form of a sick beat drop. That's right. It's time to go inside the matchup for our week seven previews. Kicking things off with the Detroit Lions traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The Lions at one and four. Cowboys at four and two. Dallas is favored in this game by seven points with an over 
under of 49 here. This is the return of Dak Prescott, Aaron. This is obviously the big headline coming out of this game. What are the expectations from not only Dak in this game, but the offense as a whole? What are we expecting this to look like? Uh, I, I hope that they I, I hope that they've used the same formula, but what do I expect? I don't know. I don't know what to expect because this coaching staff has kind of been perplexing over their tenure when it comes to running an offense. So Kellen Moore is very creative. He likes to use their, his players in creative ways, get them to their strengths. Uh, Pollard in space, Zeke, you know, up the middle for short yardage. But it's been kind of known that they've been forcing Dak to be a, a thrower of the football and throw drop back and throw the ball a number of times. But we all know they're at their best, like most teams are, when they're able to run the football. So what I would, I, what I would hope they would do is work Dak back. Start the running game. This is a Detroit Lions defense that's not good. We should be able to have some success on the ground and then have some play action opportunities. Find Michael Gallup. This is the first time Dak's going to get to throw to Michael Gallup this season. You have C.D. Lamb. Dalton Schultz should be back. Um, the tight ends that have been filling in for Dalton Schultz have been getting a lot of experience and playing time and, and, and Hendershot and Jake Ferguson. And I think that the experience should help Dak ease back in. Noah Brown's been really big for the Cowboys. So I look for a mixture, but I look for them to continue to lean on that running game against a defense that's really not very good that they should have their way with. Uh, this game is going to come down to, if Dallas doesn't make mistakes, Detroit's not beating. Like that's, yeah. No. if Dallas loses this game, it's because they made mistakes and they, and they, they choked or they just did not play well. And that will be a direct line to coaching in my opinion, because that means you're not prepared for a team like Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw, we've seen it happen uh, earlier on this season with some teams. I mean, we saw, we saw the Colts beat the, we saw the Colts beat the chiefs. And I'm not saying that was on coaching. There was a lot of mistakes from the chiefs and the, like the special teams. And it was more of the chiefs beating the chiefs and the, and not the Colts beating the chiefs. This game might fall under those same guidelines of if the Cowboys lose, it's the Cowboys beating the Cowboys and not really the lions uh, beating the Cowboys. Last time we saw this Detroit team, this team obviously coming off of a, a, a bye um last time we saw them they were getting shut out by the new england patriots and that defense and that's more of a bill belichick scheme stop them kind of thing now they face dan quinn in an even better defense at, with the cowboys arguably the best defense in the nfl uh is this obviously this is not a great matchup for a team coming off of a, a shutout to the patriots how do the Lions avoid being shut out and how do they be competitive uh, from an offensive standpoint against this, this Cowboys uh, defense? Stick with their identity. This is a run football team. This is a DeAndre Swift. This is a Jamal Williams. This is a strong offensive line up front that wants to push and get the running game so Jared Goff doesn't have to drop back and pass without a little bit of help. The play action is what kind of keeps those linebackers at bay, opens up those throwing windows for Jared Goff, who can't really do that with his arm himself. So I think it's important for Detroit to stick with the running game. They might get down in this game, and it might be seven. It might be ten points. And then they might try to turn into something they're not, which is a spread it out, throw it, throw it team. They just need to stick with the running game because Dallas will allow you to run the football. They will. They get. They want to let you show you light fronts, show you light boxes. So you try to run the football. Hopefully their guys can stop you and get you into that third and long situation. So then they can unleash that what they really want to do, which is get after the quarterback. So if Detroit is patient and takes their time and runs the football, I think they can have some success against this defense. I think they can go and get four or five yards of carry 
and be in third and short, which allows Jared Goff to run those quick passes and not have to sit back there and have to get eight or nine yards. But by that time, you're sacked on the ground because that pass rush is just unstoppable. So patience with. With the run game long enough to at least make it a stand long enough to at least make it a game. Yeah, that's and that's what we hope for. I mean, this offense from the Lions standpoint was like, I mean, this is this is a team that was incredible on offense they were averaging what 70 plus points they, they were or they were av- not 70 plus points per game they were the highest scoring offense basically in the nfl uh, up until that game with the new england patriots they were looking great and then all of a sudden just that shutout and it, it, it wasn't good um it wasn't a good showing from anybody dan campbell though coming into this game has not won a single road game in his in his career uh with the lions he's oh 10 and one uh, on the road. This game does not change, though. I think the Dallas Cowboys win this one 38-14. I think this is a defense. This defense is too good. They end up slowing down this offense. I think this is a game where we see Dak come back and, and firing on all cylinders. Kellen Moore lets him let lets it fly. Uh, let's Dak let it fly, I should say. See a lot of CeeDee Lamb, see a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. Cowboys win this game 38 to 14. You're you're a great producer, Vincent. You're, I try you're my best. Great, you're a great producer. Uh, can you get that damn pick off my screen? Remember we I can when this. you say your pick if you want to no, be a... No, remember we talked about this. Put my pick up. Thank you. That's right. That's what I... I don't want your guys' picks contaminating my, my visual time of my face, okay? Aaron's picks. That's what I want to see up there. 31-13. I think Dallas is too much. I think Dak is... Uh, on a mission, I think he's going to pr- try to prove people. Like, don't talk about Cooper Rush. Uh, I, I do take it personal. Like, I'm the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. I'm the one getting paid $40 million. This is my job, and it's my job to take this team where we need to go. Dallas wins at home, 31-13. And I took that personal. And I took that personal. That's what you're saying, Dak Prescott's going to be like. Uh, all right. Next game on the list is the Green Bay Packers at three and three traveling to Washington to take on the two and four commanders. The Packers only five point favorites in this game with an over under of 41 and a half. Aaron, I don't know if this is just me being naive or not me not being smart in terms of the, the gambling world or the odds maker world, but Packers only being favored by five points in this game kind of stands out to me. Do you, do you think this is, that's kind of telling of what's what is to, to come in this game? Uh, I don't want to say it's telling, but it's telling where the Green Bay Packers offense is right now, that there's not a lot of faith, not only from us as fans or us as analysts or us as just football people, but also the professional odds makers who do this for a living in handicap games. They don't see a lot in this Green Bay offense, plus the injury to Aaron Rodgers and Stump. Um, I, I, I really do think that the Green Bay Packers are going to continue to struggle for a while until they find out what they want to do offensively. And, and, and that directly relates to this game. Like the Washington commanders aren't a good football team. They're one of the worst in the NFL, but they're bringing in a new quarterback. And we don't know if green Bay is who we thought they were. We can assume we can hope they get things right. Aaron Rodgers can tell us to relax or we'll be all right. If we, you know, everybody just does their job and 11 guys work in unison. He said, and, you know, it's just always just one guy that's not doing his job. And it's not the same guy. It's always somebody different. But that's the problem. It's always somebody different. There is no cohesive unit there. So I think this this line is conducive to the way these two teams have been playing. The low scoring over under at 41. They expect points to be a struggle in this one. It's on the road. Um, I'll be honest. I, I am a 
it's hard for me to get off of my opinions about teams that have done it over and over and over again. And we know this. I've, I've lamented that. I've said it before. I still don't believe Green Bay is this bad. I do think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. I do think they're going to get things right. But I can't prove that right now because they're not. So uh, they're going to have to do something different. They're going to have to get on the same page. I want to see more involvement from these wideouts. I wear it. Kristen Watson coming back. Hopefully, uh, Romeo Dobbs, these young guys got to step up. It can't just be Alan Lazard. And it can't just be um, Tunyon. Like, it's got to be somebody else. Somebody's got to do something. Get Aaron Jones out in the passing game more. Uh, it's got it's to be a team effort. And hopefully, this is the week we see them kind of get back to the way they did when they were with playing the Bears. And we can get some positivity going forward for their offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I bring it up all the time. Last season, we we talked about last season. I was very down, not very down on the Chiefs, but we saw the Chiefs go through a lull where they were playing not the best football, and then even the media was down on them, saying that, "Oh, what's wrong with the Chiefs? What's going on?" I and I mean, we were we remember last year. It was it was it was oh my god, the sky is falling with the Chiefs because they had some bad games. The difference between them and the Green Bay Packers this year is the Chiefs were still winning those games. They just weren't winning them in the fashion that we expected them to do. They were playing bad teams and they were close games, but they were winning. Well, the Packers are playing bad teams and losing these games. And I'm not, that's not to discredit like the Jets and the Giants, but they're supposed to be bad teams. They're supposed to be lower level teams than what the Packers are supposed to be at. And they're losing those games. So it's not just them playing bad football and they're finding ways to win. They're not winning. They're playing bad. It's all of the above when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so it's it's that's what when I see this line, I'm like, man, this is this is a true telling sign of what what we're seeing from the Packers uh this season. And it's against a commander's team now with Taylor Heineke starting at quarterback. Aaron, what are we expecting to see from Heineke and this offense as a whole against a maybe pretty soft Packers defense. You're on mute, sir. Sorry. Um, I think we see the same Taylor Heineke that we saw last year. This is a team that's very comfortable with him at quarterback. He threw for 3,500 yards. He had 20 touchdowns. I mean, like this is a guy that's been in this league, played in a playoff game, and is very competent. Uh, at quarterback he's he played the bucks tough two years ago in the playoffs he went seven and eight a year, season ago this is carson wentz like he can do what carson wentz was supposed to do with that team i don't think there's that big of a difference so i don't expect much to change for washington other than you might get um because it's in washington you might get a little pandemonium you might get a little of the the crowd egging because they love the taylor heineke story and obviously it's not like carson Wentz has come in and been a killer um, so they might give a little love to Taylor Heineke, especially when he throws a his first touchdown or if he does something positive, they're going to be calling for Taylor Heineke to be the full-time starter. And I think that is, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting because what happens if Taylor Heineke goes and wins Sunday? What happens if he wins a couple of games in a row? And then are, are we going to now say, Hey, Taylor Heineke's the guy Taylor. Now Carson Wentz is back on the, on the, on the back burner. I, I'd be, uh, it, it's, it, it, it's an interesting thought because I mean, we've, we've talked about it a few times this season with different quarterbacks. I mean, we talked about it with, um, with, uh, Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush. Oh, we're like, Oh, will we see a, a change in the starting position or is there a quarterback controversy? And we're like, no, they have way too much invested in Dak Prescott to do that. 
do they have that much invested in no. Carson Wentz to say? That's what I'm saying. That that's why I think this is a, this is different. And you could very well see Taylor Heineke be the starting quarterback for for the remainder of the season if he does well. And, and again, it's just like you compare it to like the Dak Prescott thing or the Mac Jones injury. It's like none of these the, like these teams have too much invested in their quarterbacks to to have a real true quarterback controversy. They don't have that in Washington. So oh, yeah, for if, sure. if Taylor Heineke does well, he will be the starting quarterback. And I think that that does end up happening. Like I, 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 I don't, I don't think that the commanders are going to be that much of a better team in terms of win wins and losses. But I think you end up seeing that the quarterback position is not costing you games. And that's, what's going to be the difference maker for, for the commanders and saying, okay, Heineke is going to be the guy. I think eventually it's Sam Howell. I think this year Sam Howell ends up being the quarterback by the end of the season. And it's not has nothing to do with Taylor Heineke. Uh, I just don't think they're going to win enough games. And when you're at that point, you're eliminated. For the playoffs, this guy is Sam Howell, right? So Sam Howell is going to have to be the, perhaps looking at him to see if he's the future. And I think that's the important part is because now you run into a situation when you're eliminated from the playoffs what do, what do we do? We, do we just keep playing games just to play games or do we do we evaluate our roster? And what's the best way to evaluate the roster is get those guys playing time. So get Sam Howell some playing time late in the season. And maybe you see, you say, you know what, maybe he can be the guy and we don't have to draft one early. Um, so that's what I'll be looking for late in the season. But as of this game, look, Green Bay has to win. They have to, they have to win. I, I don't believe that Green Bay is losing this game. Uh, I am going to take the Packers. I think they're just, I think they, it's just one of those games they have to win. I think they get their offense rolling. I think Aaron Rodgers uh, finds a way to get it done, and they win 28-17. to 17. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I do think the Green Bay Packers win this game 29-23. I am still very concerned uh, for the Packers' defense. Like I said, they, they, are, they are a bit softer. 27th in yards per rush allowed. Uh, highest completion highest completion percentage allowed. Not to say Taylor Heineke is going to be that guy who's going to be able to throw all over them, um, but I am worried about the Packers' defense a little bit, but they do get the job done here, and I'm not sure if the red flags are taken down after this win, uh, but the Packers do win here 29-23. The next game on our list, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers, the 3-3 three and three Bucks, the 1-5 and five Panthers, we talked about it earlier on in the show. This will be a uh, this will be a PJ Walker uh, game. They just traded Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals. There is a lot of uh, moving parts going on with this Panthers offense. Aaron, entertain me here, please. In a game where the Bucks are eleven point favorites, <laughs> there's not a whole lot to dive into in this game in terms of players to watch for and this and that entertain me what is the status of this offense where where does this offense need to be what give me an overall status report on this offense now Robbie Anderson out who steps up what does it look like with PJ Walker status update on the Panthers um Christian McCaffrey that's it this is it it's the only thing that matters with the Carolina Panthers I keep telling you we watching the Carolina Panthers this year you're only watching for one thing. If you have Christian McCaffrey on your fantasy team, there's not a there's not another relevant player, not not another not not a, another relevant running back or there's not one other relevant player on the Carolina Panthers from a fantasy perspective other than Christian McCaffrey. 
And that's the only reason we would watch. It's nice to watch Brian Burns play football. It's nice to watch J.C. Horn lock down. You're only watching the Panthers for one of two reasons. To watch the other team or to watch Christian McCaffrey. So I can't give you hope. I can't give you this, this, um, this excitement or energy you want because they are terrible. They, they're boring. They're terrible. They're not fun to watch. Christian McCaffrey is it. I don't have hope for the Panthers. There's nobody coming to save them. Please trade Christian McCaffrey and please trade him to a team that's going to give him a lot more fantasy points than he already does because he's already the best. And DJ Moore, please. And DJ Moore. I hear the DJ Chiefs. Moore ain't going I, I hear the Chiefs rumors. Please. You don't please. want the Chiefs to get DJ Moore. That's going to make you even more crazy. Because yeah, then he little, has to compete little, with Juju and Sky Moore and Miko yeah, Hardman and Narquez Valdez Scantling and all those. But DJ pieces. Moore is in DJ Moore is well, he's not in my lineup right now. DJ Moore is supposed to be in my lineup no matter what, uh, because it's such a deep league that we're in. But because it's the Panthers, I do have the worries. But if it's Mahomes, yeah, he's throwing still it on him, your roster. He's still course, on your roster, course, so I don't want to hear it. You love DJ course. Moore. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the other side of things, eleven point favorites here. They have not looked good. Uh, at least in the past week, they lost to the Steelers. They're coming off of that loss. Aaron, what do the Bucks need to do to bounce back here? Obviously, in a game that they're supposed to win, but they were supposed to to beat the Steelers handily last week. They didn't. That may be on Mike Tomlin being a great coach that he is and this and that, but this is another game supposed to win, heavy favorites. What do the Buccaneers need to do to get back on track? That offensive line's got to play better. You saw Tom Brady ripping into them. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of like that kind of show showing up your offensive line on the sideline, but there's a, there's a reason why, like they're just not playing very well right now. Run game, pass game, nothing. And Tom Brady's 45, 46 years old. He needs to be protected. That's just as simple as that. And it's not like they're banged up everywhere on the offensive line. Like, Luke Odecki might be a rookie, but Donovan Smith is, 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 is there, and um, Shaq Mason's there, and Tristan Wirfs is there, and I get it. Their, their center and their left guard are, are new guys that, that he's not used to working with, but they got to figure out a way. Like, they got to figure it out. They got to do something. If they're not working, then bring somebody else in. They have to do something because Tom Brady needs to feel confident in his protection, and they have to get Leonard Fournette running in the running game. It cannot be 22 for 60 yards. That's not going to get it done. Um I, I I I don't know what the answer is, but I, I don't know how they answer that question. But that that's the question is how do we fix that interior offensive line before the playoffs start? They'll win enough games to get there, but how are we going to fix that interior offensive line? I think this is one of those games where maybe they can try to get right. Uh, Carolina on the inside is not terrible, but they're also not super stout. They have some edge rushers. Maybe they can figure out a way to block up front. Um, I think the Buccaneers. Just too good. Just too much talent to lose this game. I'll take Tampa in this one, 34 to 10. I think the offense is able to put up some points. They've had opportunities, just falling short. And then the defense, I just think there's no there's no way that the Carolina Panthers can put up enough points. So 34-10 bucks, and um, Tom Brady lives to, to fight another day with his little soft marshmallow body. Father time rules all. <laughs> Father time rules all. He'll find – he'll figure it out. He'll figure it out on the Bucks. Uh, they do need to figure it out as well. I think one of the biggest things for for the Bucks here is for converting on third down. Thirty eight percent right now uh, on converting on third downs, not good. Fifty percent in the red zone as well, um, also not very good. They need to figure that out. They need to be able to finish finish not necessarily drives, but finish those. Well, yeah, I guess it is finish those drives uh, because finishing on third down and finishing in the red zone is going to be huge for the Bucks. Give me them in this game. It's not going to be. 
it's going to be closer than like last week. I predicted the bucks to absolutely murder the Steelers. That did not happen. Uh, so I am a little hurt by that. So I will keep the score a little bit closer uh, than what I did last week. 28, 14 bucks. Nonetheless, our final game that we are covering. It's the Kansas city chiefs traveling across the country to take on the San Francisco 49ers and the chiefs in this game are favorites of course, but not as much as, well, not kind of, I guess, nah, it didn't come as a surprise. Chiefs are favorite of this game, two and a half points over under 48 and a half total. Aaron, what's the storyline that you are following here? Whoa, that's my ugly face. I need your beautiful face back on the screen. Uh, what's the storyline that you're following here in this matchup uh, between these two teams? Well, obviously it's interesting because it's a rematch of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but the biggest thing here is the injuries of the 49ers. How are they going to match up without their the key players, especially in the secondary? You still have no Trent Williams. You're still without now Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, which is your port is out. Charlotte left last year, be healthy. Uh, those are your two, you know, a safety and a corner there. Uh, I just think that's too much. Like the 49ers are a good football team and they should be able to beat teams with guys out. But when you play the Chiefs, yeah, it's different. Like you, you're missing the pass rush, which you need against Patrick Mahomes. And then you don't have the secondary, which you really need against Patrick Mahomes. And then on the offensive side of the football, you don't have a quarterback that can go out win you a game. Uh, you're, you're really playing shorthanded there. And I think that's the, that's the biggest thing in this matchup is, is the 49ers key losses on the defensive side of the football going to cost them because their offense is not able to put up enough points. Um, Kansas city is a very underrated defense because they give up stuff. They do. They, they can have games where they play bad, but in moments, like when they, in certain moments, in certain games, they always come through. They just do. Um, you know, we could talk about losing to Josh Allen and the, and the Buffalo Bills, but that Chiefs defense held them to 24 points. And it was, you know, the, for the most part of that game, they were doing well against the Buffalo Bills. It's not like they came in there and just dominated the Chiefs defense. They find a way to get it done. And it's not, doesn't look like they're the best defense in the league. Doesn't the numbers ain't going to show it, but they they have something about them that they make plays when it matters. And so um, I think they'll be able to do that against Jimmy G and um, but it's going to be fun. Cause it is kind of that rematch of Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs versus Jimmy G and the 49ers, uh, which was such a good Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little bummed out that we're not going to be able to see a fully healthy um 49ers defense here because I think that's they they would match up well against the Chiefs if that defense was not not an offensively match up well against the Chiefs um but they would match up well defensively against Patrick Mahomes tough defense but with those injuries it is a big time concern uh here oh man this this Chiefs team is good dude this Chiefs team is so so good I have a hard time picking against them um so I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I, I don't, I, I, this might, I might be in a, in a used situation for the remainder of the season, picking against the chiefs or picking for the chiefs. I don't think I'll ever do it. Chiefs win this game. 31 20, uh, another 30 plus point game for Patrick Mahomes in this offense against the banged up Niners defense. Uh, this is, this is another, another chiefs game where they, there's there's nothing else there's no there's no fancy here let me just do this let me just let me let me let me show people this uh this 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 play here patrick mahomes patrick mahomes that's it that's all you need to know why everyone picks the chiefs that's all you need to know on why anybody picks the chiefs 
Patrick Mahomes. Aaron, what do you got? Of course, you know you know where I'm at. Look, man, the, the guy is like Jesus. Look at him, watch. He is literally going to walk on water right here. Walk on water. Look, floating in the air. This is what he does. He is the best quarterback in football. I don't care what anybody says. Come on over to the dark side, Vinny. We have room on this train for you. The Patrick, <laughs> Mahomes, the Patrick Mahomes fan club ran by myself is inviting you to be a member. Choo-choo! All aboard Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. I don't care that they lost last week in a regular season game against Josh Allen. Good for the Bills. I don't care if he throws a two interceptions in a game. Good for whoever caught those interceptions. <laughs> You're now famous because you caught a pass from Patrick Mahomes. He is, he is the second coming of my Lord and Savior. He is Patrick freaking Mahomes. Give me the Chiefs here. 34-23, they get back on track. There's a lot of people as I slowly creep up on this bandwagon of tr- or the choo-choo train of Patrick Mahomes. There's a lot of people on this damn train. Yes, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad there's still there's still room. I guess with the with the bajillion dollar contract that Patrick Mahomes has, he can afford a large uh, bandwagon train that he is uh, that he has built here. Um, all right, that does it for our previews for these Thursday or for these uh, NFC home games. Just a short one, four games. Tomorrow we'll be back again for our AFC home game previews, a little bit more action there. Uh, But there is one more order of business to take care of. It is the Thursday night football game uh, between the San Francisco four or not the San Francisco 49ers uh, between the New Orleans saints and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, This game is, we previewed it yesterday. If you missed it, go check it out now uh, available on our YouTube page at the Saxony pod, of course. Um, but we have to t- we have to do it, man. I've been I've been riding hot on my DFS plays. Uh, I finished third last week uh, in the Thursday night matchup. This time, Saints Cardinals DFS picks. If you're new to the show, this is our uh, this is our competition here. We invite a hundred people out to our DFS showdown. See if you can beat us, and really see if you can get first place. Because it's not even about being beating us. It's about getting first place. Now, who can be the first person within our brand? To get first place, uh, you will get bragging rights big time. Uh, but we've got we've got the Thursday night matchup, Saints Cardinals. Aaron, I'm sure you're looking it over right now. Uh, instant thoughts on who you're picking, or is this an easy lineup decision for you? Well, there's one easy lineup decision. DeAndre Hopkins is my captain. Yep. So um, that's that's the done deal. DeAndre Hopkins already had that one lined up and ready to go. D Hop captain all day. Yeah. That's that's uh so that's a thing. Um you have to have Kyler Murray in your lineup somewhere. Yep. So that that's a thing. Uh, I do believe you really should have Alvin Kamara, but good luck if you're having Alvin Kamara because then you were really going to be searching for for guys and um that's that's the difference here is is I'm trying to decide if I really want to go that route. Um I want Alvin Kamara in my lineup because I think you have to have him in there. One of these guys might have to get left off. I'm gonna be honest. Um, yeah, it's tough. There's, there's just not enough talent um, on the on the waiver wire, I should say. Um, you know, actually, I'm gonna do something a little bit different. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little bit of a game here. Okay, what you got? My captain is not going to be DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, that I'm might be gonna... the best move. Because this is expensive. I... It's expensive right now. I, I, I'm rolling through things, and I'm like, man, I want the, this and that player, and it's it's expensive going with so these guys right now. This is my team right now. I have Kyler Murray at quarterback. 
uh, or, you know, on my roster. I have Alvin Kamara on my roster. I have D-Hop on my roster. Rondell Moore is going to be my captain. Okay. okay. Rondell Moore is going to be my captain. I am going to rock with, oh, that's a tough one. Mm, yeah, it is. This is, uh, this is tough. This has been real tough. Mm. I, I, I'll take you through what I have going on right now. I'm not sure oh. if, you're, if you're seeing the screen here. Um, as of right now, I am also in this back and forth trying to figure out where, who to go with as my captain and the lineup adjustments here. Right now, I have the Saints defense as my captain. Alvin Kamara, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Traquan Smith. Uh, and it's left me with a good amount of money. I could afford a uh, take me through your Rondell Moore take here. What do you think Rondell Moore like? Is he just a, a, a flyer and that they think could do something? Or is there some analysis to Rondell Moore? No, he's, he's heavily involved in their offense. Like he's going to be a guy that's going to see six, seven targets. A lot of it's at the line of scrimmage, but he has that big play uh, potential. He is going to get the ball. They try to get the ball in his hands because he's so good after the catch. He's seen 10 targets last week. Eight targets the week before. Since he's been back, he has 23 targets over the last three games. Um, I think that's that's a good volume play for a guy that's not super expensive, you know is going to be involved in the offense and has the boom upside to catch a long touchdown pass or something like that. So uh, he's definitely my captain. Like, I'm not moving off of that. Um, but I do believe you have to have D-Hop and Kyler Murray in your lineup as well. Yeah, so oh, I'm, yeah, for sure. So I'm rocking with those two. I have two spots left and about $9,300. And that's really what I'm trying to figure out where I want to go now. Um, I, I I could do the. Uh, it was, you know what? Where is. Is he not on here? What's that guy's name? Shit. Oh, he's more expensive. Shit. I was going to go Jermaine Johnson. Actually, I might still go Jermaine Johnson. <laughs> this is tough. Because Adam Trout, to... Adam Troutman's out. I think I'm going to go Jermaine Johnson. And I was going to put in Chris Olave, but I'm not going to go Chris Olave. I am going to go. All right, I got my lineup. Okay, what you got? Got Rondo Moore is my captain. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, Jermaine Johnson, Alvin Kamara. Kyler Murray and I think Traquan Smith. Yep. Yeah, I, I I think I'm locking mine in right now. Um, my captain is the Saints. Oh man, I don't. I, how do you? I, I always like the worry of like, oh, how how could I pick a defense in a game where I have majority of the Cardinals offense? Like, actually, I like that better. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm not listening. Saints defense is my captain as of right now. Traquan Smith, Kyler Murray, D Hop, Alvin Kamara, and Rondell Moore. Uh, is is my team here uh that that's as i as i bounce back and forth with this no robbie anderson no no temptation to get robbie anderson too short of a turnaround i don't think he plays much um i don't think they, they're gonna be able to get him incorporated in the offense very much maybe you get a deep ball from him that could be that could be something but um yeah, yeah. no I, i'm not i'm not i'm not feeling that um is is what's his face uh still out who Matt Prater's still out, right? It's Matt, Matt Prater's still out. Yep. yep, Matt Amendola. Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to find what I'm going through right now is I'm trying to find better value at the captain position, like someone who I know is going to have a great day, um, but more uh, or less cost. I'm I'm really tossing and turning about that. So, 
I'm like reset. Like people watching right now at home, like it's you're probably watching me go through and just ridiculously go back and forth on. Uh, like I've I've cleared my lineup so many times to try and figure out who I want in my captain spot. The the only captain I see is Rondell Moore. Yeah, only it, it's, only value. It's the it's only value. Tough. I mean, I could just go crazy. I don't think the the Cardinals are that good, are they? Well, I mean, you liked them the you you liked them before they only scored nine points against uh, against <laughs> Seattle that week. So yeah, yeah, this it's a uh, it's it's tough, man. It's tough sled now here. Yep, it's a grind. Oh, I, you know what? I I'm gonna go I'm gonna go crazy here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go crazy. I'm gonna throw in a, a real a real sleeper. Okay. I I have I have now have my lineup. Oh, Jake Funk is available. Oh, I, I feel I like now I have, have, my, have Jake Funk. I now have my lineup. Okay. I'm going to go with Rondell Moore, DeAndre Hopkins. Rondell Moore is my captain. DeAndre Hopkins is my wide receiver. Kyler Murray, like I said, Alvin Kamara have to be in your lineup. Chris Olave is in my lineup. Bar if he plays. I, I know I don't know they said he's going to play, but I want to make sure he plays. I'll change it if he doesn't. Um, yeah. And then my sleeper for $400. Keontae Ingram. Okay. Tell the people. Tell the people. He had his first action last week. Didn't do any, like he played last week, um, but no Daryl Williams, no James Conner. Eno Benjamin got banged up. Maybe he pulls a hammy. I don't know. Maybe he gets something. There was 13. He played 13% of the snaps last week. Got set. He had three carries last week for Keontae Ingram. It was his first game, first action. I think he gets more involved. Um, this week, and you might see a little bit more opportunity. Opportunities, and maybe get some catches out. So, um, I'm taking Keontae Ingram. Okay, I uh, I think I have my team. I'm just uh, making sure I am not leaving any any money on the board here with a, a better pick uh, than what I have because I ended up going with something that I. Yep. Okay, there we go. I think my lineup is set now. DeAndre Hopkins as my captain, Traquan Smith, Rondale Moore, Kyler Murray, Alvin Kamara, and my sleeper pick for $600 is Trey McBride, the rookie that they drafted, the rookie tight end, uh, I think, and what I just read from DraftKings to help me make my decision. Um, His usage went up, obviously, last week. Played much more of the the snaps, and uh, he's getting a little bit more involved. I think they invested in him, and there really isn't as much analysis as as you had for yours. but you want me to usage, give you the analysis on Trey McBride? The usage is up. The usage is up. That's what I. That's yeah, all I care yeah. about. He's got three targets on the year. Yeah. Well, guess what? And all three of those targets really came from last week. So no, it didn't. He didn't have up. any targets last week. He hasn't had a target in three weeks. No. What did DraftKings tell me? <laughs> what did DraftKings tell? Me? Wait. Hold on. They just told. Hold on. Let's let's. Hold he on. had forty-two percent of the snaps against. Carolina oh, that's October fifth. That's October fifth. That it says that. And then he's gone. Bitch. He's had three targets on the year for 24 yards, three catches. He's had this one game he's caught a ball in, and that was that game against Carolina. It's all been Zach Ertz. They're not a two tight end team. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't. I thought you were using AJ's Rolodex. Yeah. Nope. Back to putting the Saints defense back in my lineup here, and we're gonna I go just with. Let you do it. Well, I, I had Greg. I had Greg Dorch, and I was like, you know what? Let me just try and be cute. 
and be and then not and not spend as much money. And then I was like, okay, Trey McBride's that dude. Um, I should have just let you. I should have. You should have. No, you should have. I've been known to to change my pick a little bit on like during the day, though. Yeah, I, have, I know. I have done that. Peter, before. it's not cheating. It's without notifying us. Who am I supposed to know? Oh, am I supposed to tweet it out for the people? Oh, you can notify me. Like we're on here, we pick oh. our team on the show for a reason. Oh, okay. Competition, and then you over there changing your lineups and stuff. Only time you should be changing your lineups without notifications or somebody's out. All right, my lineup is set. I added Greg Dortch, and I brought back in the Saints defense. Let's hope for the best here. Uh, that does it for another episode of the Sac City Podcast, though. We'll be back again live tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time, uh, bringing you the rest of the week seven recaps. If you miss a single game or bringing you the rest of the previews, I should say, if you miss a single preview, though, they are available for your viewing pleasure on YouTube, individually clipped uh, by teams, by games, so you can catch your favorite team preview, their recap, their everything, so unless nice. you so, look for last week's recaps, those did not get clipped. That yeah, those are in a the two hour extravaganza show or three yeah. hour extravaganza show uh, that that's available on YouTube. But until next time, Aaron, enjoy Thursday night football. Yes, uh, remind us your prediction. Saint, uh, I you have, have the Saints, I have here, the right? Saints. Yes. Okay. I, Saints. I have the Cardinals. We'll see who's the victor. We'll pre. We'll recap that game tomorrow. Until then, though, for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Peace out. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs>